Welcome to the Plan Is podcast with me, Caroline Dunn. I'm a personal trainer, nutrition coach, yoga teacher, and a geek obsessed with learning how to live the biggest, fullest, most joyful life and helping you do the same. In this podcast, we'll cover fitness, nutrition, mindset yoga, and personal development because it's time to stop putting our health into boxes. It's time to care about the whole beautiful, messy you, mind, body, and spirit. The plan is to rise up, sweat, get stronger, be joyful, let it go, pause, laugh, try again, breathe, and do our best. I am so happy you're here. Hello and welcome to today's episode. It is beautiful sunshine outside today as I sit down to record this. Um, So I hope it's nice where where you are. And even if it's not, let's get outside. It feels good for our minds, etc. And talking about minds, today's episode is, I think, going to be quite a popular topic. I think many of us have minds that race and I think it's entirely common but not necessarily well handled by many of us. I think we also hold a lot of stories that we tell ourselves around our racing minds. So today I want to dive into how to deal with a racing mind and I want to give you some kind of strong top tips about what you can do whether your mind's racing throughout your day or whether you lie down in your bed at night and that's when your mind tries to jump in and tells you everything that you haven't done that is to come that you're worried about etc etc and so let's first of all start with why our minds race now I experience it most oh to be honest a lot of the time I think my husband can't quite believe my husband's called Peter by the way he can't quite believe how much I think (laughs) and how much I'm continually like just musing on things thinking about everything um And I think also it can become a bit of an issue when it gets in the way of stuff, when it gets in the way of us being present with our families, with whatever we're doing at the moment, when it gets in the way of sleeping. Now, your mind is doing that. It's racing because it thinks that that's what it needs to do to help you to survive. And it also raises races because it thinks that that is what it needs to do to help you be safe. So a racing mind is a coping mechanism. But we need to remind ourselves that we cannot stress ourselves to a solution or to sleep for that matter. Um, So let's just take a moment really to extend some gratitude towards our mind for doing that. It is trying to keep us safe. It's trying to help us out when it races. It thinks it's going to make things better. The other thing is, even though we're saying thank you for this coping mechanism, our minds can be trained and our nervous systems can be trained just as we might train our bodies. So with kindness and curiosity and lots and lots of practice, what we're going to talk about today isn't a one-time thing, we can start to change our relationships to our thoughts. And whilst that might not mean 
the racing mind is going to go away. Like our job here is not to eliminate it, to fight it, to fix it. We can still start to raise some awareness around it. And as we notice, it creates more space. And then sometimes, occasionally, eventually, that extra awareness, that extra space then leads to different choices and different behaviors. So let's dive in. Now, the first one we're going to talk about is a way to cope with a racing mind is to complete the stress cycle, to complete the stress cycle. Now, that might not mean very much to you right now. That's okay. Last week's episode dived into what a stress cycle is and ways to complete it. But basically, completing a stress cycle, just to recap, is about dealing with the stress that's in your body. And that is often very different from the stress that our mind is perceiving. Now, a stress cycle starts when your body gets activated due to a threat. And way back when, in our evolutionary past, this quite often used to be something physical and we would respond in a physical way. So we might run away and then slow down and then stop when we're safe. And that process allowed our bodies to understand when the danger was over. We understood when the threat was, we understood how to get away from the threat, and then we stopped moving, for instance, and we then understood that we were safe. And that allowed our body to come back down. Now, these days, our stresses are often a lot less physical. Like, I don't know about you, uh, but some of my worries are how I'm going to cope with everything, things that are left undone, um, relationships, connections, conversations. All of these things tend to go through our brains. Um, And that's not to mention things like taxes, jobs, health, social media. All of those things are often buzzing around, aren't they? So helping your body to complete the stress cycle, and we're talking here multiple times a day again, not a one-time thing, it can help your body recognize when it's not safe and when it is safe and when it's safe to down-regulate everything rather than staying in this state of hyper-alertness and hyper-vigilance. So any type of movement will complete a stress cycle plus and we'll we dive into these um in a lot more detail in the previous episode so do catch up on that if you haven't listened to last week's episode yet but other things apart from movement laughing positive social interaction slow breathing and affection can complete the stress cycle so do something when you are in a racing mind Don't necessarily stay in bed. Don't try and think your way into making yourself calmer. Do something to help your body deal with the stress. Because a stressed body feeds a stressed mind that feeds a stressed body. Okay, so we've talked about our body. And as we learn to calm the body, it helps to calm the mind. The next one starts to focus on our mind. So how to stop a racing mind, idea number two, is help your mind to process it. Now, your mind comes in lots of different parts and you might be familiar with this when you say like, a part of me feels sad, a part of me feels happy about this. And we tend to chuck a lot of stuff at our mind to just cope with 
And we do just cope with it, don't we? We're strong people until we break down. And we think we're okay until we're not. And we're powering through until we're ill. So I'm saying to you to put some punctuations in, some little pauses that stops the survival mode, that just cope with it, just push through, just stick it in the closet, force the door shut and don't think about it. That's a way many of us cope with our minds. So some practices that we can start to use and they don't need to be fancy and they don't need to be highly technical, just simple things like journaling. And my colleague described to me a fantastic way that he was journaling to kind of help bolster his mental health where actually he just gets a notebook and no kind of like fancy titles or dates or describing what's going on his day. He just writes down all of the things that have really annoyed him that day. And that's it, just the process. You don't have to do anything with that piece of paper or those words. You don't have to share them, keep them, anything like that. Literally the process of writing it down somehow helps our minds to process it. Now, journaling can also be like notes in your phone. It can be speaking out loud. It can be scribbling on scrap bits of paper that you then throw away. Like don't overthink it, just write. Um, In fact, I started this recently. I bought a new notebook, but then I was aware that I have a tendency to, to try and be good at stuff, probably leaning towards that kind of perfectionist idea where I've got this new notebook, so I'll start writing in it really neatly. And, you know, it's a diary, it's a journal of sorts, so maybe I'll start dating it and describing and feel obliged to write a daily entry. And I just thought, no, that's kind of going against the role that I want this to play in my life. So I got this notebook, I used a tip from Brené Brown, where you open to a random page and you draw a big heart. So basically just graffiti on this nice, clean new notebook. And you know what? It worked. It took the pressure off and I don't feel the need to write in every day. I don't feel the need to describe anything that's going on in my day. I just write down. I write down how I'm feeling, what I'm grateful for, what's annoyed me and that's it. So that's journaling. We might also try breathing and you know we have the breathing episodes on the podcast. So if you haven't checked those out yet, they're released once every three weeks and just scroll back. There's loads of them um, and you can start nice and simple with something like resonance breathing. Meditating can also help give us some perspective and change the relationship we have in our thoughts. Now, if you find meditation really difficult, because let's face it, we're talking about racing minds here, I suggest you actually start with the breathing and the journaling. Another thing that can help as a way into re- to meditation is repetitive physical activity. So things like walking or running or swimming, they actually often have many of the same benefits for our mind because of that rhythmical nature. And I guess it fits into the last one as well. It helps your body release the stress too because it's movement. And then some final ideas about how to help your mind process stress. Make sure you give time and space to decompress. Like the only thing necessarily it's going to cope help you cope with burnout or overworking is 
reduce the amounts, reduce the amount, put some boundaries in and after your day, after a stressful season or after an illness or a big life change, build in some decompression time. And I'm not therefore saying like you need the luxury of two hours before you go to bed just with candles and incense or whatever. Like the decompression time can be 10 minutes. If you use that effectively, you can do wonders to bring your mind and your body back down to a state of calm. Decompression time can also be a bit longer. So say you've gone through like a big life change, like I'm going to go through with my career change recently. That might be many weeks or months. And that decompression time is very much needed for your mind to adjust. And also, it's going to feel hugely uncomfortable. I feel a lot of people miss that. Like we look forward to our holidays. We look forward to when we're going to quit our job. And then actually, when those things happen, we're like, well, I should be enjoying this. But it feels hard. We almost feel more exhausted, more miserable. So build in the decompression time potentially plan it with journaling, breathing, meditating, repetitive physical activity, all of these things. But remember, if you don't do this and you sail on through to your next season without that integration time, we're ultimately going to struggle. It's like chucking more stuff in that cupboard and then trying to force the door shut. And the next time you stop, that door will open, all of that clutter will fall out. And mentally, it's going to feel massively overwhelming again. And then finally on this, if you need it and you can, access therapy. Like none of these strategies are a substitute for getting advice, help from a mental health professional. I believe everyone can benefit from it. And actually, it's certainly something I'm going to investigate when I leave my teaching career, because that is a big thing to be coping with. And so remember, our minds are complex but also we can invest in a deeper understanding of ourselves and that is always going to be worth it. Okay, so we've talked about the body, we've talked about the mind. The next idea for dealing with a racing mind is be aware of and redefine the story you're telling yourself. So a lot of our stress is self-generated. Now, that's not to say it's our fault or that we can necessarily do things to control things outside of our control. But the way that our mind responds to it, the stories that we tell ourselves about it can make a huge difference. So for example, are you telling yourself that something is urgent? That something must be done today? that you're a horrible person because you made that particular mistake? Like, are you telling yourself things like you're fat or shy or not worth it or not good at dancing? Are you telling yourself you're not creative or not good enough or not good with money? Like, all of these things are a story. It's made up. It's not true. And our identity is often just stuff we tell ourselves and believe to be true. Like I've said to my partner to choose a very, my husband, he hates the word partner. I don't know why I just said that. My husband, Peter. Um, I told him that I'm not good at singing. Now that is true. You do not want to hear me sing. However, his response did make me question the perspective of that. Because 
for him, if he hears me singing, it generally means I'm pretty happy and carefree. And that's therefore a nice sound-ish to him. So all of the things that happen to us, all of the things that we're telling ourselves, like I think it's time to start telling yourself better stories. Start telling yourself some better stories in your head. Now, you might think that that's cheesy or untrue or unbelievable, but really think about it. Are the stories that you tell yourself, are they going to be any more crazy than some of the self-depreciating stuff you might have just got used to telling yourself? So if you're going to tell yourself some stories, be your own biggest cheerleader. Maybe you could also ask someone close to you to listen and perhaps open that different perspective for you. Watch and listen to stuff that helps you learn. Like congrats on that one. You're here. We're doing it. Um, And learn about maybe people who've been there in the past and what has helped them. Not so that you can copy them, but so that you can understand more about what you're going through and who you are. So I hope those three things has helped. I would love to know if you act on any of them. This podcast is all about helping us actually do things in our lives. So if you have decided to start treating your body a bit more by completing the stress cycle, maybe starting a journaling practice, trying some of the breathing episodes, telling yourself some different stories. I would love to know what you have taken from this podcast. And whether you think your mind is going to be racing tonight still, or maybe it's still racing now, why don't you go check out one of the meditation or breathing episodes right now after this. Thank you so much for joining me today, everyone. And I will see you next time very, very soon. It makes me do a little happy dance to have had you join me in this episode. If you enjoyed it, then please subscribe, rate it five stars and leave a written review. I so appreciate it. And don't forget to subscribe to my mailing list also at www.theplancoaching.com so we can keep in touch. I love doing this with you and sharing the struggles, laughs and wins along the way. So I thank you for being here. And until next time, remember, life's better with a plan.